I, I was praying, you know, and as we've left the crazy train, and, and I, you know, I've been praying all week, God, you know, we're not on the crazy train anymore. We've got to be on some train, so you've got you to gotta help us. I mean, you've got to give us uh, something. This, you know, church is going to be this Sunday, too, just like it was last Sunday. And, and I know you have a message and a, and a word for us. And all week I just prayed and, and just kind of sprinkled, you know, stuff on the soil, and nothing really kind of rose up for me. And yesterday, uh, I had to leave and run over to my cousin's house, Amy, and uh, my mom was there, and I, and I was there, and, and we get our hair done together, my mother and I. So um, it's uh, always uh, every little boy's dream to grow up and go to the beauty shop with his mom and, um, and get his hair colored. So there are mom and I in our, uh, in our, in our wraps, you know, with our tinfoil in our hair and the paint, and uh, I'm underneath the hood getting heated up real good, and, you know, we're all gabbing, you know, lots of girls having a good time. So, uh, <laughs> oh, it's a joy. We got pictures, but you'll never see them. So, um, and we never, we never, I never know when it's going to happen either. I just get a call that says, can you come at 1.15? So I, I get there. Because I think if I planned it ahead of time, I might not sh- show up. It's a little demoralizing, but it's good. It's all right. I got it. you know, you got to do what you got to do. So uh, as I was in there <laughs> in my cape under my hood with the heat coming on me, uh, going through a People magazine, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I was uh, just spinning through my phone and praying and uh, I still was like, God, you know, it's like, it's like two o'clock, man. I mean, like, you know, church is going to be tomorrow and, and, you know, I, I, I need a little, I need a word to share. And, uh, he, he told me, he said, go home and, and get that piece of paper that you wrote down on that Monday night. And I knew what he was talking about. And, uh, we had intercessory prayer in here on Monday nights through September and the uh, the first Monday night, I was available. I was available, and I was here. And and I always come to anything like that church too. You know, wherever I go, I always I, I always have folded up piece of paper. I know it's prayer, and I know we're pouring out, and we're praying for our families, and we're praying for our community, and we're doing those things. But I don't want to go into that kind of situation, that kind of setting, without something to to write things down, because God inevitably speaks to us in those moments where we're quiet before Him and we pour out our our heart. And uh, I was just sitting over here by the pole, and God just began to speak something to me, and so I just began to write it down. And then really, truthfully, I, there were four spots on the paper, and God filled all four of them up with different things, and, you know, it was all good for me, and I was excited, and put it back in my pocket, went home that night, and uh, I put it on my desk in this spot in this place, and then really, I didn't forget about it, but it just, it wasn't, you know, it was just stuff he told me, and God tells you stuff all the time, and you write them down, then he reminds you of those things as you go. And it's when he reminds you of those things that, that you have to begin to move in that direction. And he said, go get that piece of paper. So I went and I got that piece of paper. And when I looked at it, the first thing it said was speak. And uh, I knew that was for us today. Because when God spoke this to me on that Monday night, it was like, I know the word, you know the word. I understand confession and speaking the word of God out of my mouth, and you do. But, but the way he told me, it kind of, it just, how many of you have had God tell you something like the 347th time, and that time it like all of a sudden made sense. And uh, I just wanted to tell you or read it to you, you know, what, he, what I feel like he spoke to me that day, and then tell you a little bit of, uh, uh, about speaking the word of God in our lives and his will uh, for our lives. It says, he told me, speak, swing your sword. And I understand, you understand probably as well, that God has given us this armor. It's in Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, I'll probably throw out a ton of scriptures today so you can just write them down, but I may not get to all of them. We may not put them all up on the screen. But in Ephesians chapter 6, says he gives us this armor, and part of the armor is the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. And we read the word, we know the word, we're taught the word, all of those things. But when he said, speak, swing your sword, 
all of a sudden, like a light bulb went off in my head, that we all want the Word of God to work in our lives. But we have to speak it if we're going to see it move. And it was like, swing your sword. Speak, swing your sword. And then he said, after that, and turn the keys that bind and loose in this earth. He tells us in Matthew that the keys of the kingdom are available to us. Those keys that allow us to bind and loose here on earth. The things we bind on earth are bound in heaven. The things we loose on earth are loosed in heaven. How do you think those things are bound and loosed? With our words. With what we speak out of our mouth that lines up with the word of God. And I know that seems like, wow, you're the pastor, and that was like, but it was, I mean, it was like all of a sudden, like, whew, hey, man, I, when the enemy comes against me, I don't, I submit to God, it says in James 4, 7, right, resist the devil and he flees, but I can bind him, I can literally turn the key on the cage that keeps him bound with my words. And I can loose into this earth. I can unlock. I can turn the key on the door that opens up God's blessing and provision. For That's exciting. I mean, like with my words, I can speak that into existence. Click the thing. The door opens up. I believe, really, that you've seen this at your school. That the, when, the, when you started there, it was like that. Up and down the halls and talking to the doors and talking to the rooms and talking, you know up and down the halls and saying those things. But I believe that now you've seen the first thing, and now God's going to give you another thing to speak and to say and to do. And you do exactly what you did the first time, up and down the halls, in and out of the rooms, around the school, and all of those things. And God will begin, as you begin to create it with your words, as you begin to speak it into it, some people got to speak, some people got to create, some people got to get it from heaven to earth. And we want to see God's hand, we want to see his word manifest in this earth. But I'm telling you, if we don't speak... See, if you don't speak for that community, if you don't speak for those kids, if you don't speak for those teachers in that school, who will? So I just encourage you. I wanted to get that out before I forgot. I knew God told me that earlier. Back to this thing that God told me, though. I may be all over the place, but I'm telling you, it's exciting. How many of you are new? You haven't been around here before. Raise your hands. I know I see some new faces. Good stuff. Good to see you. Good to have you with us. Give us some hands. Good stuff. How are you? It's great to have you. Victory membership class. All right? You need to come. All right? I'll be more tame. I'll be more relaxed. Some of the other pastors will be here, but my wife Elizabeth and I will be there on Tuesday the 29th. You want to be there. Anyway, back to our word here. It says, speak, swing your sword, and turn the keys that bind and loosen this earth. Then he went on and said, righteousness rules in your community. Righteousness rules in your community. Speak to the enemy of righteousness and dispense godly truth that cannot be refuted or denied. You can fight all day long with your neighbors about the Bible. But I am telling you, when you proclaim the truth of his word, when you proclaim righteousness, when you proclaim what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, that is something that cannot be refuted because it's the truth. They may have, they may say, they may have big butts, right? But not, not me, but what about me, but all those things. Hey, I'm telling you, you can't refute the truth of the word of God. The things that God has done in your life, nobody can talk you out of. You know it was God. You know he changed you. You know he saved you. You know he rescued you. You know he pulled you out of a position or healed your body or whatever it is. I'm telling you, those words of righteousness, that, those words of truth, they can't be refuted. 
He said, speak, swing your sword and turn the keys that bind and loose in this earth. Righteousness rules in your community. Speak to the enemy of righteousness and dispense godly truth that cannot be refuted or denied. Bind the influence, finances, and voices of those who rise up against righteousness in the name of diversity and acceptance. Truth, it says, overcomes a lie and light overshadows the darkness. Speak that people will turn from darkness, follow the light, and believe the truth. And so for me, I felt like that was, I mean, that was the word from God. That is something for me to do. Maybe for our church, for us to speak that in this community, righteousness reigns. And we live in a nice community. And we haven't been as, as severely impacted and infected by the immorality that's, this, that's in this world and, and in our country and infiltrating piece to piece. And many of you have grown up that, that this is not a country that you even hardly recognize because of the things that are going on morally in the country and with people. But it's this idea that says, hey, everybody has a choice. Let's just relax and, hey, you know, let them do what they're going to do and we're going to do what we're going to do and we're going to be all right. Man, I'm telling you what, darkness will eventually creep and creep and creep. You give them an inch, he takes a mile and the enemy's taken a few miles already. And so for us, in this community where we are, in our house, in our school districts, in our state, we begin to proclaim that righteousness reigns. See, we proclaim that out of our mouth. We begin to bind, it says, the influence and the finances and the voices of those who rise up against righteousness. You don't just think it. I think we would all say we want to see it happen. We want to see God godly morality unleashed in our community and in our state and in our country. We want to see that. Then say it. Then speak it. How do you get things from heaven to earth? By faith. Yes, God operates on a system of faith. True. But I'm telling you, the thing that pulls on that cord are your words. And you have to speak those things into existence. Well, I don't know about that. Well, Hebrews 11.3. It says... That by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed, put into existence by the word of God, so that the things which we see now, the things which are seen, were not made of things which are visible. He tells us in 2 Corinthians 4.13, speak those things that aren't as if they are. That just as God has done this in the creation of this world, in the creation of the things in the world, that everything was made, couldn't be seen at the moment, it was not visible with the eye. But when God spoke it into existence, it became real and became visible. In your life, you have seen things spiritually. You know things are true by the word of God and by his spirit, but you haven't seen them manifest. They're still invisible. They're still out there somewhere, but you see them by the eyes of faith. You don't see them necessarily with these natural eyes. You don't necessarily see it unfolding with these things, but you see it in the spirit. You can't figure out how, you can't put your hand on it, but you know it's real. See, 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, we don't look at the things which are not seen. We, look at the th- we don't look at the things that are seen. We look at the things that are not seen. For the things that are not seen 
are eternal, but the things that are seen are temporal. What's that mean? You can speak things to change. You can speak things into existence. You can speak things into this earth. You can form and you can create in your home by the power and the word of God with the things that come out of your mouth. You are creating or you're cutting down. The Bible says a wise man builds up his house or he tears it down and he does it with his words. You may say, well, I don't have any idea what to speak. Well, in the end, I'm going to give you all a little piece of paper that comes out of this book by, by John Osteen, Papa Osteen, Joel's dad that's Miracle in Your Mouth. And it just, it, it's just a quick little confession thing that tells you some things that maybe you don't know what to say. Maybe you, some of you have been around in the Word for a long time, and you know what to say, and you're proclaiming, and you're fighting, and you're not giving in. That's awesome. See, in Mark 11, Jesus begins to talk to the disciples. And in verse 12... He goes on and he begins to say, and she'll put this on the screen for you up there, that he was coming with his disciples and he was walking through. It says the next day when they had come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar the fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find some fruit on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say that. And then down in verse 20, it says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, he remembered... And he said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. See, Jesus comes into this earth and he begins to show a principle, a principle of truth that is, I mean, it is so fundamental and so important to us as believers that he takes time in this moment to stop with his disciples and explain it to them. See, sometimes he says, oh, guys, have faith in God. Get yourself together. But this time he says, have faith in God. Let me explain what you just saw. Now, why does he stop and go through all this? Because he understands, Jesus, the importance of your words and how it, your very existence in this earth depends on what comes out of your mouth. Well, I don't know about that. Well, we'll get to James chapter 3 here in just a second. He says to them, have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, but does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now I know, boys, this probably doesn't make sense to you, but now look, see the tree? And remember yesterday we walked by the tree, and I spoke to the tree, and I said to the tree that the roots would be dry. Now don't go home and curse your bushes. All right, this was, I mean, this is Jesus teaching, and it's the words of Jesus being spoken. So the words of Jesus are written down here in the words, and we proclaim them in our life. But then by the power of the Holy Spirit, he speaks to us and shows us things also to proclaim. And if he tells you to speak to the bushes, speak to the bushes. Well, that sounds awfully weird. Yeah, but Moses got a whole lot from a fiery bush. It talked to him, and he talked to it. He tells them, one last time, therefore, verse 24, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. What do you expect from God? Not just like, what do you expect? Like, I want to, have, I want to live a good life. I want to be married to a, a nice girl or a nice guy. Or I want to have good kids. Or I, I want to, what do you expect from God? What are those things that he's, he's told you, promised you, put in your heart? 
What are those things that, that, that you've been in church now for three months or six months, and maybe all of a sudden when you're, something's stirring on the inside of you, you're not, you're not real sure about all this, but man, it's not, something's just burning on the inside. What is that thing that's burning on the inside of you? Begin to speak that into existence. I don't know about that. I'm telling you, it's true. You can speak things that don't exist and aren't here and you can't see, and you can speak them here to exist, to be seen. You can do that. But they have to line up with God's word and his will. And we'll get to that in a second. But listen, I ask you, what do you expect? Because we all see with our natural peepers. We all are smart and we understand. Does it look like in our community at the moment today that righteousness rules in our community and in the people of this community? It doesn't look like that in the natural. But things are not what they seem. There's a spiritual war going on. And the church, us, say me, Say me, me, the church, us, all of us me's, we have to be able to swing the sword and turn the keys with our words. The church has done that at periods of time in the earth and seen revival and seen things happen and seen things change. But we're in a a, a period or a state here where it doesn't seem like the church has decided to put their big boy pants on or their big girl pants on and begin to take control again of this earth. What do you believe? Speak it. Write it down, of course. Habakkuk, write the vision. But begin to proclaim it. Begin to speak it. I think about the lady with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. And it says that she was so sick there was no help for her. But not only did she in her heart believe that Jesus was the answer for her, she spoke it out of her mouth. If you read that passage of Scripture, that portion It says that as she, and I'm just picturing it in my head, as she kind of creeps up through the crowd, right, because she's not supposed to be there because she's unclean. And Jesus, is. she didn't get a bullhorn and say, everybody get away from him because I have to go over here and touch his garment because I want to be made healed. I want to be made whole. She didn't do that. She walked up and there's a crowd of people around him. And I can just picture her. She says, it's written in Mark chapter 5, if I could only just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be made whole. She said that out of her mouth. And I could see her as she pushes down through the, if I could just touch his garment, if I could just touch him, I know I'm going to be healed. If I could just touch him, if I could just reach out, just get a hold of his garment, I know I'll be healed. Bam. Out of her mouth, she proclaimed what she knew to be true in her heart. And it happened. What the enemy tells us and shows us many times are the times where it hasn't happened. See, and where, the, where, where it hasn't happened, that's where, we, that's where we kind of get ourselves down a little bit. And we say, well, I'm just going to believe harder in my heart. Nope, speak louder. Speak louder in the face of doubt. I was here one time years and years ago. Pastor Bill was still pastoring. That's how long ago it was. It was a long time ago. And, and there was this guy who came, and, and he was a little different. Can we just, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, like he was out there. And uh, just a little different. And uh, praise God, Corey got himself right. But uh, it was no one, Corey. It was, <laughs> it was just this guy, man. He just kind of wandered in. And he'd been in and out of here a few times, but he was definitely just a little, he was, he was a little odd. He was a little different. And, and maybe, you know, I, you know, sometimes maybe you'd say, that guy's kind of crazy, you know. And he came and he found me. And he said, I, I have a word for the church. 
and, and I'm just, you know, hey, I'm just standing in the way of him, and I'm just listening to him and saying, praise God, brother, we love you, you know, and God's got a great plan for your life. Tell me what, tell me what you got, you know, and just listen to him for a few minutes, and I said, oh, that's, that's awesome. I, you know, I prayed for him and said, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I, you know, I, I mean, that's whatever. So I prayed for him and kind of sent him on his way and said, okay, you know. And then a little while later, service was over, and Pastor Bill was back in his office, and I came in. I said, hey, I just want to let you know, man, this guy showed up. He, he was a little different. He was a little odd, a little crazy, and uh, said he had a word, you know, but I, I, I listened to him, but, I, you know, I prayed for him, and, and you know, it's, it's all good. Sent him on the way. He was, he was happy when he left, and he said, what'd he say? And I said, oh, um... So I tried to remember what he said, you know, and then I kind of told him, and he said, sometimes crazy people hear from God and have a right word. Now, I don't tell you that story to tell you that the guy was right. I tell you that story to let you know that you're crazy, and sometimes you hear from God, and you're right. (laughs) That was proof to me when he told me that, that you know what, there's hope for all of us, because I believe, see, I believe you're going to hear some things that to everybody else and maybe even to you are crazy. I have been praying and praying and praying, and I don't write down what I pray or say, and I didn't come up with a confession before we start this thing. God just put it in my heart to continue to pray over each of us as we start this service, as we start our days throughout this week. God, give us ears to hear things we have not heard. Give us eyes to see things we have not seen. Why? Because we want to do things we have not done, and we want to see things come to pass that we haven't seen come to pass. So show us, Father, spiritually give us the vision. It says in your word that you have poured out your vision on this group of people, on this generation, by your spirit. And in that outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we now have the ability to dream and to see visions. That we now are alive unto Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it says that the Holy Spirit will tell us things to come. Why? So we can begin to prepare and we can begin to speak those things into existence that don't exist right now. Amen. We're charismatic. You can say amen. Woo! Praise God. Anyway, it's what we do, right? I mean, that's... Your words are important. They're seeds. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Them who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 18, 21. It also says in Proverbs 10, 31, a good person's mouth is a clear fountain of wisdom. A foul mouth is a stagnant swamp. Proverbs 13, 3 says, those who control their tongue will have long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. (laughs) True story. We are a people who don't like silence. And so we will fill silence with anything we can think of at the moment. It's uncomfortable sitting with somebody. You're in a group of people, and it gets kind of quiet. So you just say something just to say something. Be careful what you say. If your words don't line up with the word of God and his will, I'm telling you, your words can bring things to ruin. It says so right there in Proverbs. In Psalms 34, verse 12 and 13 says, Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Pick me, pick me. Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens up his mouth wide will have destruction. That's the Proverbs 13, 3 in a different version. Now listen, 
You may not believe that what comes out of your mouth, the words that you speak, drive and determine your direction. But in James chapter 3, verse 3, in the Message Bible it says, A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. And then it goes on and it says this, A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. What does that mean? Well, you're a person who's mature in Christ, and you understand his word, and you understand the vision that God's giving you and the things that he's showing you. And even though you face storms, even though you face winds, you're a skilled captain spiritually of your life. And as you sail your ship, your rudder begins to determine where you go. There is power in the engines, and it it propels you in the right direction, but the rudder turns the ship. The power of the Holy Spirit is alive on the inside of you, but he is making a, a recognition here that the rudder on that ship is the same thing as the tongue in your mouth. And that as you speak, so you go. Now, I know half of you are repenting right now because you're like, oh, man, I've already said some crazy stuff this morning. But it says that. And then it goes on. It says, a word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It can accomplish or destroy. You're put in positions. You're faced with pressure. You're faced with stress. In Daniel chapter 3 is a story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we all like to put ourselves in these three fine young lads' place. And we like to say, way to go, Shaddy and Mishi, and as who is it, Keith Price, or somebody says a bad Negro instead of Abednego. I don't remember who that is, but it's... it's, (laughs) Creflo Dollar says that. He says, he gets what he calls them, Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro is what he says. That's so... uh, But... They were there. There was pressure. There was stress. They were going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. The furnace was right there. They were stoking it up. They were making it hot. And we all like to pretend. You know what I would do? I would tell that king to take his furnace and he can, you know, that's what we do. We get all fired up and we say, yeah, I'm telling you, I'm with you. But how many of you know it's so easy to just do this? All right. I'll bow. Same thing. God, I'm sorry. I had to do do that to get through. I had to do that to preserve myself so that I could serve you. No, you just bowed your knee. You just, you just turned your back on God. You didn't stand. They rose up, and this is how we should be. This is what we want to be. They rose up, and they began to proclaim to the king true faith. They said to the king, If that is the case, if you are going to throw us in this furnace, stoked up to all get out, and you think you're going to kill us in that furnace if we don't bow down to you, if that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the fiery, burning furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Whew, we could have stopped there. But listen, here is the real, this is the real crux of faith. This is the thing that says, I am telling you what, I believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt. Because the next verse says, and if he doesn't come through, you let it be known to you that we still believed him. See, that makes everybody really quiet. Because we don't want to come to grips with the thing that says, well, what if it doesn't happen? 
See, you have to realize that even if it does, even if you carry this thing the rest of your life, I don't believe you will. But even if I did, I still believe God's a healer. If I walk with a limp the rest of my life, I keep saying I am healed by the stripes of Jesus and your knee will come back into place and the limp will go away and you will walk. Nope, you won't walk. You will run in Jesus' name. You speak it out of your mouth. Stand before the mirror. Practice that thing. See it by faith. Speak it into existence. There's a story that Andy Andrews tells, and other people have told this kind of story as well, of walking through heaven and seeing, laying around them arms and legs and eyeballs and ears and stuff, and said, God, what is all this stuff? And he says, it's the answers to the prayers of the people who were in the earth who wouldn't proclaim it and who wouldn't speak it into existence. So it's just all stuck here. Do you think if God could, he would just take it and just shove the leg on your leg? Hey, believe God for it. Begin to speak it into existence. Begin to call it forth. Begin to shape it. Begin to mold it. I know you're all looking at me like, man, that dude's crazy. That's all right. <laughs> hey, I, this, is, this is the truth. This is the word. Some of us sit here and we're so, we're so disoriented and depressed and discouraged that God hasn't done what he said. But we just sit there in quiet silence believing in our heart. Hey, how about you speak up? Well, that sounds kind of crazy. So what? Sometimes, Pastor Bill told me, crazy people hear things from God. So I'm going with it. He said, I believe it. I believe. Sometimes I'm crazy, so I believe it. Well, what should I speak? The Word. Speak the Word. Hebrews 4, chapter 12. See, in the beginning of that thing, it says, speak and swing your sword. That thing that God told me. And in Hebrews chapter 4, 12, it says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Swing it. See, we think that somehow we're just going to like magically like blink it into existence. Like we're going to swing the sword. You know, like get him. You know, like you're like oh, nothing happened. You didn't say anything. The sword is a weapon. We fight a different war. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 says we fight a war that's not carnal. It's not of this world. It, but he has given you weapons that are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. How did the walls of Jericho fall? When the people shouted out of their mouth the words. They swung a great spiritual sword. Too many people are after the enemy with a helmet. And they're banging on him saying, I'm saved, leave me alone. I'm saved, leave me alone. And he's like, it's a helmet. Hey, how about you pull out the sword? Hey, how about you take off his head? How about you shout the word of God and begin to lock him up and bind the work of the enemy in your life in Jesus' name and take the keys with you? The word. Speak the word. You can't cut off the head of a giant you can't bind and loose or move mountains. You can't bring life. You can't experience healing and prosperity without swinging your sword. Quit being the silent majority. Quit being the, si- quit being the silent majority in your house. Open your mouth. Stand the gap for your young people. The second thing, not just the word of God, speak the will of God. I'm telling you. You're training the young people in your house how to trust God, how to call things into existence, how to speak those things that aren't as if they were. 
You've heard my stories many times. Daniel wanted to go to school. He was going to Purdue. Two years before that, or 18 months or so before that, we had no money for him to go to Purdue. And so I didn't just speak God's word. I didn't say, God, you said you will provide. I said, God, what word do you have for us? Because I got to know, Father, not just what this word, I got to know for this specific situation, what is your word? And he said, I will make a way where there is no way. I will make a road in the wilderness and a river in the desert. And so when those thoughts came, I spoke that. When I began to think about it, I spoke that. When, when Elizabeth would ask, I spoke that. That's what we wrote on our envelope. That's what we, and we kept giving. We kept tithing. We started giving more than what we, we were over and above. We kept pouring in seed because I'm telling you that extra 20 bucks, that extra 50 bucks isn't going to go anywhere toward the $10,000 a year that it takes to go to Purdue. And so I said, you know what, God, you can do more with this than I can. And I'm going to continue to speak out of my mouth that you will make a way where there is no way and four years later you know the story we've written all the checks i took pictures of every one of them why because i had nothing to do with that in the natural i could not produce forty thousand dollars in four years but through our faith through his faith god provided forty thousand dollars in our life for him to go to school because he said i will make a way where there is no way and we agreed with him and we spoke it out of our mouth he went to grad school he's a year and a half into grad school you know what it did it taught him how to do it because i ain't doing it anymore i know god will provide for you i got other things your sister's in school now so But now he has, he has, he's going to grad school, paid for by Purdue, and they give him money every month. I don't know why, because he's at our house more than he's there. I don't understand it. But I'm telling you, the blessing of God will follow you if you'll open your mouth. Amen. Let's stand up. I'm telling you, God is good. You've got to get a hold of this today. But you've got to know the word. My uncle told me a few years ago when I was preaching a message like this or last year sometime or something, he said, you got to know you have it in you. You got to know you have it in you. That's why there's VBI and Victor Membership Cloud, all these things. That's why we can, you got to know you have it in you. And I said, what do you mean, Uncle Buck? And he said, well, I had these wasps and these bees and they were all over, man, and they were swarming. So I got my bug spray and I went out there to spray them. And when I pressed the button, there wasn't nothing in the can. He said, you got to know you got something on the inside. Huh? You got to be full of the word. Let me tell you this last thing. You can close your eyes. Because I believe this is for you today. Not just what we said that God said in the beginning, speak and swing the sword. But I believe he says to us today. Some of you have heard and you've seen some things that have blown your mind and God is wanting you to get on board by faith with what he is about to do in your life and in this earth. I speak that today prophetically by the Spirit of God into your life. Some of you have heard and seen some things that have blown your mind and God is wanting you to get on board by faith with what He is about to do in your life and in this earth. And to see these things that you have never seen, you'll have to do these things that you've never done. And that means that you will have to say some things that you've never said. Says your confession is going to come to a higher level. You will have to use wisdom with what you will and will not say. You must begin to create things that do not exist with the words that you speak by faith. 
And I just speak that to you today. I just share that with you today where you at. I believe that is God. Just like I shared with Marie, just like I shared with Courtney, I believe that is God. Speak things that have blown your mind. Speak them into existence in Jesus' name. According to God's word, according to his will for you and your life. We hope this message encouraged you. Victor Christian Center is passionate about sharing the love, acceptance, and forgiveness of Jesus. Learn more about us at victorylafayette.org. If you don't know Jesus or maybe you've gotten distracted and stopped following him, I'd like to pray for you right now. The most important decision you'll ever make involves accepting the love of Jesus and his gift of new life. I'd invite you to make this prayer your own and take this opportunity to begin to follow Jesus. God, I ask you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I ask you to forgive the sin in my life that has kept me from enjoying a relationship with you. Give me a fresh start by changing my life and helping me to follow you from this point forward. I accept your love through Jesus and I commit to trust your plan for my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time, please get in touch with us and let us know. To learn more about Victory or to contact us, visit us online at victorylafayette.org.